Looking for a new career but don't want to spend four years in college? Then check out ECPI University. Through our year-round accelerated programs, you can earn a bachelor's degree in just 2.5 years, an associate's in 1.5, or earn your master's in as little as 15 months. Whether it's technology, healthcare, business, criminal justice, or the culinary arts, our hands-on programs can help you reach your professional goals. So what are you waiting for? Visit ecpi.edu to learn more. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hi, I'm Chelsea Handler. Welcome to Life Will Be the Death of Me, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. We're here in studio this week. Instead of giving you another stand-up show, I thought we would give you an in-studio interview with my personal trainer. Brandon's here, my personal assistant. Brandon, are you an executive assistant now? Or are you a secretary? We should talk about that. I'm uh, not quite sure. Okay. And Bernice, is, oh, it's all of the Bs. Ben, Bruno, Bernice, Brandon, and Bitch. Ben, thanks for sitting down with us today. That's actually how I have you programmed in my cell phone. Oh, really? I thought it was cunt. Nope. Good to know. He's my personal trainer, and um, he is also a friend a lot of people think that we have penetrated each other, so we'd like to clarify at the top of this podcast that that is not the case. That Ben is single. Ben, are you currently single? Yes, very. Ben is single and available. I am single and available. Um, Brandon, you're in a relationship? Yes. Okay, so two out of three um, live ones. Correct? Live ones? Anyway, I just Wait, got- Wait, what's live ones mean? Just mean we're actively like available. Like, just not for each other. Three out of three live ones. Well, no, no. He's taken. Okay. Okay. He has a lover. I'm a live. Okay. Yeah. But I'm yeah, not. But live. We're not okay. He's not a live one. Like, he's not out there okay. looking okay. to I get, get some action. I get, I get it. I know that you're out there looking to get action, right? Yes. I am also looking to get action. Are we going to put my cell in the podcast? No. No. Okay. We'll put your address on it. Um, I just got back from London. I went and I saw Wimbledon. I saw a bunch of people play tennis, which I love. I love going to London for Wimbledon. It's one of the most civilized sporting events and it and it's civilized well just watching it is just a civilized experience being at Wimbledon because I have a royal problem with I know you love football basketball because you train a lot of those guys too Wimbledon's actually on my it's actually not with a t it's Wimbledon with a d (sighs) Wimbledon I can't even say it right no that's the right way Wimbledon done whatever is on my bucket list of sporting events. That and the Masters are the next two that I want to check out. And the Masters is golf? Masters is golf, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to see yeah. that. Uh, do you have a preference for sporting events, Brandon? Not one. I love to go to a live sporting event, but I'm not going to watch anything on TV. Okay, well, we had a huge victory for the U.S. with the Women's Cup, and that is something that I could watch over and over and over again, even though I don't understand soccer. I don't get any of the plays. I just know when somebody makes a goal. The, th- the problem with soccer, though, when you say that, I'm, I'm with you, is that in a 90-minute game, there's like one to two goals, and it, they always seem to happen when you like get up to take a piss or something like that. So the most of the time you're watching the game, they just kick it down, they shoot, miss, there's a corner kick, they go back the other way, like nothing happens. That's the tricky part for me with soccer. I but- feel like soccer is one of the sports, too, where you have to have played it to 
really enjoy it. Like if you go to watch it, you're not just going to a football game to like have a beer and watch what happens. Soccer, those are committed people. No, but, I, but, but I, well, the... I used to play soccer, but I still feel because there aren't a ton of goals, except the U.S. Yeah, we how scored about the 13 U.S. Just the other day. running up the score in the first in the first round, but for the most part, it's one to two goals, and you know, then a whole lot of jogging around, nothing. Well, I mean, it's but it's the most watched sporting oh, event. Yeah, it, no. I mean, people love women's soccer. People love, love it more than men's well, me soccer. me right now too. Right? Yeah. yeah now I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm firmly on the bandwagon now. Yeah. Why would there's nothing not to love for men and women? It's oh, got yeah. everything for something for everybody. Yeah. This is their fourth consecutive title. Uh, I don't know about that. It's their second consecutive title. Do you know Ben? I don't. Well, I don't. I mean. I, I mean when I say I'm firmly Second. on the bandwagon, I was firmly on the bandwagon four years ago too. For like, who's your favorite a player? Week. Well, I mean, Megan Rapinoe is a stud. Yeah. Um, Alex Morgan is a stud too. St- she, a stud at. Stud at. Yeah. She's, yeah. That, so <laughs> she's probably my favorite. Well, yeah. Um, I like how vociferous Megan Rapinoe is. I like. We that really she takes can't no put sh- my cell in this. Okay. For Alex Morgan. Okay. No. Well, I'll see if she contacts us okay. and we can let you know. Um, we brought you here specifically today. So anyway, we, first of all. Anyways. First of all, I want to say congratulations. And I want to say that every victory like this is so great for women. And this has been happening a long time but uh, with women's soccer. But it's really great to see it, especially when we have such uh, – such competitive women. I mean, we are the best soccer team right now, right? Women's the well, USA soccer the gold, team. So yeah, but we won. We won. Seems like so easily each country. It, it was like a gold and a half because it was we won, but it was like a beatdown every. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about working out because how long how long have I known you, Ben? A lot of people are curious about our workouts, and and people say I look really good. So I want to say thank you because I know I, you know that I don't always feel that way. That I'm very hard on myself, and that I don't always take compliments very well. Well, at all. Okay, so when did we start working out together? We started working out. Uh, I remember March of 2015. So that's like. Four and years. a half years. That's um, like that's like the trainer equivalent of common law. It's been a while. Yeah, and there's a lot of like trainers out here in LA, and so I was very averse to having one of those celebrity type trainers that trains a lot of celebrities because I don't like that action. I like to be on the DL. You do train other celebrities, but you don't seem to be an asshole about it. I tr- I try not to be an asshole. Brandon, do you think Ben's an asshole? No, Ben is the nicest guy around. Uh huh. Nicer than you? Well, I don't know. That's a tough call. But Ben, do you think Brandon's nice? Brandon's really nice. Thanks, Ben. Great. Earlier, you mentioned that he does train a lot of athletes. And what is the difference in that clientele? Because it's pretty specific. And you don't talk about a lot of your celebrity clients, but you do post a lot about your athletes. Yeah, you know, well, uh, the thing about training athletes, my background is actually training athletes. Before I moved to LA, that's mostly what I did. And and where were you before LA? Uh, right outside of Boston, okay. Woburn, Massachusetts. And the thing about training athletes in LA, well, so to backtrack in Boston, I trained a mix of pro athletes, but it was mostly year round. It was middle school, high school, and college athletes. Mm-hmm. And in LA. Now it's just pro athletes. So that means that 
when I say that I train athletes, it's like for two or three months out of the year. And then the rest of the time they're in season doing their thing. It's just in the off season. So um, it's not like I'm training them year round. The clients like Chelsea that live here, it's year round. And so when you look at somebody like me, because there's a big fallacy that women can't lift weights because we're going to get bulky. And you've shown me that that's not true because I lift heavy weights and I'm smaller than I have been my entire life working out. And that's true for other clients of yours. Like yeah. Kate Upton does, says the same thing, that she lifts heavy, heavy weights and she's thinner than she's mm -hmm. ever been. Um, and you, so what, what is that? What is the philosophy there to explain to women to not be a, not be scared of weights? Because I was scared of weights and I thought sure. cardio was the way. And what I've discovered is the less cardio I do, the more weights, the leaner I am. Well, I think a lot of women are scared to lift weights Understandably so, because a lot of the programs out there come from guys, and a lot of the guys that train women train the women like they would train themselves. And I think that when I talk about strength training for women, I'm not talking about doing tons of bench press and that type of stuff. It focuses on the areas that that women want to focus on. And when I, you know, and the thing now is like I do personal training, so the workouts you do are different than some of the other women I train because of the areas you're trying to focus on and your injury history and all that type of stuff. But the thing about the weights is that I don't think women always really realize the, the word that I hear a lot is they want to be toned instead of like guys say like jacked or whatever. Women want to be toned, but like tone. When you hear a guy come in and say, I want to get jacked, do you want to punch him in the face? I mean, that would be real douchey. I've, thankfully, I've never really had anybody say that. Maybe I have actually had people say that, but because sometimes I it seems do. like the week the workouts you get up to on the weekends with your buddies seem very gorilla ish. Yeah, I I have that inner meathead in me that I kind of have to channel. You know, I used to be actually before you met me, I was way more of a meathead, and then I've wow. kind of become a little bit soft since I moved to L.A. But I still have that meathead in me. Do you think that's a thing? People come become soft when they move to L.A. Oh, totally, and yeah, exactly. I mean, it's happened to me. I drink like greens juice and shit, like things that I would have, like, I want to kick my own ass sometimes, like for the things I'm doing now. Why don't you? Like, it's just hard to do. I, I, I haven't you. figured out a way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've definitely changed. I don't think I'm like a huge, huge pussy yet, but it's like I'm more so than I was when I moved here. But you're right. The, the workouts, it's funny. I spend my whole, I don't know if it's funny. I say that too much, but. It's not funny at all, but I'm I- I'm glad you corrected yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Because I don't want the listeners looking forward to something funny. So I spend my whole day with clients being somewhat of a mom and being very, um, you know, overly cautious with what I have them do. I really don't want to hurt my clients, which, you know, you shouldn't want to hurt your clients. But then what makes me happy as far as training is like doing all the stupid shit that I tell my clients not to do. So- you know, sort of when everybody goes home, then that's like when my buddies come over and I do, you know, questionably reckless things that I just want to do. On the subject of moving to LA and becoming more, I guess, of a pussy, right? Because we well, all you, we I, all have. I have to say that I, I said that and then I almost didn't say it because sometimes when I say that, women say that that's a really mean thing and I shouldn't say okay, that. Okay, well, I said it. So you don't, okay. you I don't shouldn't mean it say. In a derogatory, don't I don't mean that in a mean way. I, I love pussy. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, do you love pussy? 
Not in the same way. Right. So right. let's just get that off the table right now or on the table. Actually, let's get it off, off the, the table. table. Right. So, Brandon, have you taken some workout tips from Ben? Because I know that you guys come you come in and try and, you know. Yeah, look. Ben's always willing to help. I try not to not cross that line. And you, when you find someone who has a specific profession, it's like asking a doctor for medical advice all the time. But he has given me good tips. He's given me supplements. He's Because Bre- Bre- Brandon works out like a lunatic more I than I do. He's jacked. He yeah, pro- you're jacked. He, he wouldn't Brandon. say it because he's not a douchebag. I don't, bag, but I he's don't feel like it. But I think that's one of those like body dysmorphia things. You look at it, and as you get bigger, you don't see it. The same way when you get thinner, it's harder to realize until someone's like, "Oh, you look really thin today." Right. right. And then it's like, "Oh, that's the affirmation that you need that you're doing the right thing." I want to go back to something you said really quick because you said that like you never want to hurt anyone that you train. But what is that threshold? Like when Chelsea says that she wants to like either tone or tighten a certain area, like how do you know how far to push it? Still making them uncomfortable to get better, but not hurting them, obviously. Well, that's a great question because when you're a personal trainer, I'm friends with a lot of physical therapists and we always talk about how our jobs are seemingly similar, but they're very different because nobody comes to me to address their injuries. They come to me to, if they're an athlete and, you know, improve their performance or, uh, most people, it's more uh, aesthetic, you know, or, or health or what, but most, most of the time it's aesthetic. And to get in really, really good shape, you have to train really, really hard and push your body, but you can't get hurt. You know, the, the easiest way to get out of shape is to get hurt and not be able to train. And my clients always come to me wanting to push it hard and get in good shape and things. And I am sometimes, I'm very conservative because having hurt myself and had gone, you know, I've actually had a couple surgeries. That's when you get out of shape, but my clients don't always like see that. So like Chelsea sometimes feels like I ask her too much how she's feeling or she wants to work through things when I want to let it rest because I kind of know like in the moment they don't think about getting hurt, but I know like if you get hurt, then, you know, that sucks and that puts your life on hold. So safety is kind of like the underlying thing of any program, but at the same time, yeah, you do have to train really, really hard to get results, you know, it's, um, but I, I also think that the, I, you know, like I, I've been talking this whole podcast and my tour has been a lot of therapy talk. I think the two go hand in hand a lot because I think becoming really physical, like I used to look at physical fitness as a necessary evil. Like I just had to do it to remain thin because I was on TV Uh all the time. Now I look at it as a mental necessity because to stay fit physically is linked with staying fit emotionally and staying fit mentally. Like the two go hand in hand. So when, when, when you, when I don't feel strong physically, I, it, it, it affects me mentally and I want to feel strong in both areas. Mm -hmm. And those two things, people say that to you, I think a lot when, you're learning about fitness or you're getting into fitness and you're like, yeah, fuck off. But it's so true. Oh, it's so true. Well, for me, I've always said that working out is like therapy for me. And I've always meant that. I used to literally just work out. I didn't go to therapy. Now I do both. But Yeah, I'll, we both go to yeah. therapy. And we meditated together the other day on the lawn, right, in the sunshine. Wasn't That's that nice. nice? That was, yeah, it and was And then actually. Ben fell asleep for two hours, if that gives you any indication did. of his personality. Yeah, I just, I passed right out. What I was going to say, though, is uh, I think, you know, guys tend to get a default emotion is like anger or pissed off. But a lot of guys that I know feel similarly to me that uh, when they're pissed off that, you know, doing a really hard workout and turning on angry music and, you know, lifting really heavy weights just somehow makes you feel better. 
Right. You know? Do you feel uh, that way when you work out? Like if you're angry, do you want to go work out? I'm stoned a lot when okay. I work out. So it helps me, A, deal with Ben. And then B, it helps me uh, really focus on the workout. And then I get really strong. Like the couple times I've been really stoned, remember? You've had good workouts. I've had great workouts. So now I know, okay – you know, and I've had good workouts when you're stoned because you, you tend to be nicer to me, mm, which I appreciate. Right. Okay. Well, I guess you're welcome. Thank you. I want to ask you a question about therapy because you never went to therapy until you moved to California, right? I, I did twice, but I was 0 for 2. It, it, was, it never stuck. And so what made you want to go to therapy? I like when men talk about therapy, so I think it's important okay. for us to discuss it a little bit. What made you decide to bite the bullet and find a therapist here? Well- I first went to therapy against my will when I was like 10. And mm-hmm. my my dad committed suicide when I was nine. And that's really tricky to figure out at any age, I think. But it's I know I'll, all I can say is that it's really tricky to figure out when you're 10. And I was put in therapy with more of like a psychiatrist that also wanted to give me medicine. And I didn't like the medicine. And I didn't like talking about stuff. And... So I basically stopped going as soon as I convinced my mom to stop going. I just and I never bought in. I used to with my psychiatrists, we would just play cards and stuff like that and I would very rarely talk about anything. The second time I went to therapy, I went through a really bad depression for like 2 years to the point that because I think my dad committed suicide, I always vowed I would never do that because it seems like a really frankly just a cowardly thing to do to people that love you. But I used to really, when I was like 19 and 20, I used to like look at people that got in fatal car accidents and think like lucky bastard. Cause I just felt really in pain all the time. And I didn't think I was going to get better and I couldn't drive. And I felt very isolated cause my friends were in school and you know, you're kind of out of sight, out of mind. So I just felt very lonely. And my day consisted of, this is pre Netflix. I would buy like box sets of like the Sopranos and the wire and stuff and just watch them and just try to kill the day. So I actually went back to church and I didn't like that. And I tried therapy again. And did you go on antidepressants that time? No, I did when I was 10 and I just like, didn't want to take them up. So I have an interesting stance on antidepressants. Interesting to me anyways, that we can get into, but I went to this therapy, but I wasn't open to therapy. And so for somebody, I have, I have a really hard time and I still do with my current therapy I have a hard time talking about feelings because I think I tend to be somebody that's kind of literal. And when people ask me questions that are therapy-ish, it feels very weird to me. And so I don't really know how to answer. Are you I, able to get emotional in front of your therapist? Uh, I don't know. No, I, I thinking now, I don't think I ever have. Um, I've got emotional very few times. I can remember them all, but it's always like random with friends and stuff like that. Therapy feels very tricky to me, um, and so I didn't really like it that much when I was 20, and then life kind of just chugged along, and then I went back to, th- if this is 2000, November of 2017, I started it back up, and that is um, it's almost two years now, but it happens, 
Yeah, know? and I think the key to the key to it is that when you're open minded, things come to you. Yeah. When you break, like you know, me going to therapy opened my mind because at first I was shut down, and then I became more and more open, and then then I'm more open to what meditation, and then I'm open to listening to a, a podcast like Oprah's Super Soul, which five years ago I wouldn't have listened yeah. to, I wouldn't have had the time for. I think being open minded helps in every way. You know, with regard to fitness, with regard to therapy, it's like okay, I have something to learn here. To assume that you don't know everything, and to say okay, I want to absorb everything I don't know about this topic is a great, healthy way to be. Yeah, and I, but I think just being open minded to the idea of therapy is huge too. Because when I first went, it was like I don't, I probably didn't tell you for like three weeks of going to therapy. I probably and and you might have been one of the earlier people I told because you had told me about your therapy and stuff. So it felt like a safe, like I honestly kind of saw it as a confession. And I didn't tell anybody in the beginning. Uh, And a couple of my friends, I told them that I had a panic attack. And I remember thinking I was super embarrassed to tell them. And I'm I'm trying to think of like how to describe the embarrassment, but it was kind of like, I felt like my guy friends were going to be like, dude, you're soft. Like you're just so soft for doing this. Meanwhile, well, they're probably all in therapy. Well, that's just it. There were so many of my friends because for like five days, I didn't work out. And it was because my throat was like just bugging me out. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And so I didn't want to like have to breathe harder. And I remember one of my friends coming over and was like, dude, it's anxiety. Like you could you can work out like you're fine. And I'm like, oh, you've had this? And he was like, yeah, I've had this. Come to find out a ton of guys that I'm friends with like, go to therapy or were like, I'd like to go to therapy if my financial situation was different. It's dope. You're doing that. Like there might be some guys out there that are like, oh man, Ben's a huge pussy. And, but for the most part, I felt like a lot of people were like, dude, that's really cool. And still it's a little bit weird for me. I don't think I've actually ever even like said this publicly, but most people in my life know it now. I still feel a little weird about the idea, but it is, there's so many guys that it's like, um, you know, the emperor's new clothes, like everyone's thinking something, but they never say it. Like, I think it's that type of thing where anybody that I know has has gone through similar feelings to me. And I don't think everyone's done therapy, but a lot more people have than I thought. But it's a thing that um, I think when you talk to your friends about those type of things, it makes your friendships a lot more real or meaningful because... I remember when I came to LA, this place will teach you, LA, you know, probably more than anywhere in the world, like money doesn't buy happiness. And I think that I've learned like it doesn't matter what your life is like on the outside, like everyone's got shit they're dealing with, you know, a lot. Even if your life is ostensibly great, you know, there's stuff that that irks people in, in, in real ways. And it's like, you know, if you have a job, you have stress, but it's like, if you have, if you have a family, like you have shit to deal with. If you don't have a family, you have shit to deal with. Like there's just, everyone's got shit to deal with. Right. Cause I do think every, everybody listening to this podcast has shit to deal with. You know, either some people have the luxury of being able to go to a therapist, which is a luxury. 
and some people don't. Um, but it is good to hear that about a guy going to therapy because I know every woman in re- in a relationship with a man would be happy to know that that person is in therapy and that you know there are men going and it does help and it's not stupid. I said to my cousins recently after their father passed away that they should all go to a therapist and a grief counselor, which they were like, we don't need therapy, we don't need therapy, and they went to one session with a grief counselor and you know five boys in the room. And every one of them came out going, oh, my God, that helped us so much. So it's good to hear people talking about it. Brandon, we're going to get you your own therapist. I would like one. So you can stop confiding in Mabel. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so anybody who wants to get therapy or anybody who's interested in therapy, it is available to you online. Anybody who is listening to this podcast is obviously interested in the subject matter. And if you don't have your own uh, therapist already, there is online counseling for you. It's called BetterHelp. It offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in all sorts of issues like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, and more. Uh, You can get all of this online in a safe and private environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it's very convenient. So you can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. And if you're not happy with your counselor... You can request a new one at any time. That's right. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And for Life Will Be the Death of Me listeners, you get a 10% off your first month with the discount code CHELSEA. So why not start today? Go. I'm going to. Okay, we'll go, Brandon. Betterhelp.com slash CHELSEA. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Uh, so tell us how you became a trainer, first of all. So do you want the short version or the long version? Always the short version. It's going to be kind of long. I could probably tell the story for you that you were injured. Don't, don't tell the story. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I actually was a sociology major in college and interned in finance with Raymond James and hated that. And also in college... Halfway through my sophomore year, I had a back surgery that didn't go well, and I had to take two years off a of medical leave, and I lost 40 pounds of body weight. So I was super skinny. So I used to do this core stuff. In 2006, I would wager a bet that I did more planks, side planks, and sit-ups than any human in the world in 2006. Because Brandon, uh, will you write 2006 down, yeah, please, in your notes section well. in your, uh, on your iPhone? Because that's – no, that's just what I did. I, I – man, I just wanted to get better from this fucking surgery. And I'm somebody that if some is good, more is better. And I do that in good ways and in bad ways. It's both. I'm just always somebody that takes things to the extreme. You know, And I would do sets of, like, hundreds of sit-ups and shit. And now, like, you're not even supposed to do sit-ups if you have a bad back. I didn't know, so I just did a fucking shitload of everything. Like, I just read, you know – that's how I've always been. But I was giving, long story short, I was giving people advice. Some of it was shitty advice. And I just really liked that. So I connected, the guy who I worked under at Raymond James connected me with a trainer who trained his sons for football. And 
that guy offered me a job. I kind of parlayed finance into a training job, and then it turned out that this guy was a real douchebag and pulled the rug out from under me. I hope he hears this too. I hate that guy. Well, why don't you give but, him a shout out? Yeah, I don't want to call him out I by mean, name. If the, but, I would. We could but, give him a shout out if, if you could land guy. the fucking plane on the story instead yeah. of going on and on. No, you said well, it was going to be the abridged version. It's it's abridged-ish. I could have gone longer. What about boundaries? Did you want to ask him about boundaries, Brandon? I'm not great with boundaries. Do you? How do you set boundaries for you and your clients? Because obviously you, yes. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm great with boundaries. I think that's, um, I have a bit of a different training business because I don't have a gym and staff or anything like that, you know, and, and most of my clients have trained for as long as we've trained, you know, and, um, we, and we, we see each other quite often. So, well, I'm your worst client though, you would say, right. Or, uh, or do you have a bad, a worse one than me? You don't have to mention no. anyone else's names. No, I, well, I don't have to because you're the worst, uh, like by far. What uh, constitutes me being your worst client? Uh, just, I mean, can I really be honest? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I just wish that I had a security camera in my gym that could, with audio, that I could just let people know a normal day workout. Because I think like when people see our Instagram videos, and you're chewing me out. I think like this is nothing compared to just the normal day of like, <laughs> like you know. So just so people get an idea, Chelsea will walk in and I'll say, "Hey, how are you doing?" And she'll go, "Why the fuck do you always ask me how I'm doing? I just saw you yesterday. Not, like nothing's happened. Like why would you even say that? Like why would you even ask me how I'm doing?" And I just sit there and think like for a split second, be- just because of her tone, I think like oh, God, I did something wrong. Like, I fucked up. And then I think, and I'm like, I didn't fuck up. She's just kind of a bitch right now. Like, it just doesn't... Yeah. No, you're right. In, in my defense, you you do say, hey, how you doing? Three or four times at yeah, the beginning of every workout. Yeah, that's so fair. by the third or third or fourth time, I want you to stop. Not three or four, but... It's been, and, and, okay. then, and then, for example, when we talk about how I train clients, most people, I will just simply ask them for their feedback. Like, how are you feeling? Does anything hurt? Like, basic stuff that gives me info to whatever. Chelsea doesn't want to answer. Like, does anything, it like annoys her if I ask how she's feeling. Like if, or if I say, does something hurt? She'll be like, she just like, doesn't even say anything. She just goes like, oh, in this way of like, I'm super annoying. So I don't have the info to even like know what to do. Uh, right. But you have to understand that if something is hurting me, I'll probably come, I'll, I'll lead with no, that. No. Yeah. But you, you don't though. Yeah. But you'll say like, for example, you know, my shoulder hurts and then I'll go, you know, I, I'm kind of Captain Obvious, so you'll go, my my shoulder hurts, and I'll go, okay, well, like, lay off your shoulder, and you're like, no, 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 but I need to do, like, shoulder, and I'm like, well, this, it's, you don't want to be hurt, like, I don't want to tell you, you don't want to be, you know. No, well, I, I will say, when something's really bothering me, is there a way to work around it? Is there a way to do something with my shoulder that's not going to yeah, exasperate and, and it, because exas- I always- Exacerbate. Exasperate, oh, shit, you exacerbate. caught me, you're right, you're right. You're right. Anyways, what Good were for we you. saying? Good for you. Up top. There you go. So what? What about for people? Oh, and the other reason that you're annoying the, that the worst is you think we've done over a thousand workouts. We probably have. Um, it feels like it. It's probably we've done over a thousand, and there hasn't like been 2, one. There hasn't been one of those one thousand. We'll just say it's two thousand where we have made a time and stuck to that time. I I've never met somebody. That's not true. That's an that's a, that's an exaggeration. And that's the right word for that, yeah. exaggeration. Well, there's been a very few times. So like 
Yeah, you're you're a lot. I do change my schedule I, around all the time, and I, you're and I, you have no boundaries. I so. will exactly, exactly. Uh, so it's kind of. But I will say, different. as far as a client, uh, I kind of want you to close your ears because I don't like to be nice to your face. But you are the strongest client I have with core stuff. Like it's funny because you always like tell me I don't know how to do abs and. You do shit that like a lot of people, a lot of men can't even do. And you're you hear all, that, Brandon? I'm listening. You're also the best, and I actually mean this literally, the best uh, at, you know, the exercise that you actually like, but it's like the most hate, ubiquitously hated exercise in the world. The It's called rear foot elevated split squats with your back on the bench. Every listener is probably listening, like, fuck that exercise. But you actually like it and are the strongest woman I've ever trained on rear foot elevated split squats. What I would like to say to all women listening is that any exercise that looks so like brutal or hard or that you don't want to tackle when you do do it, and all you have to do is rehabituate yourself. If you make a commitment to yourself to say, hey, I'm going to do these workouts, you start to enjoy your workouts. You don't hate them every single time. Sure, there are days where you wake up and you're hungover or you don't feel like working out. But if you push through that stuff, it just becomes a way. It's like breathing. It's like, oh, I don't feel right unless I work out. It doesn't matter what kind of shape I'm in that day. That To get in and like move your body helps you maintain happiness throughout the day and maintain energy throughout the day. So all of it is like... You know, it's all of the things that I I hate, and I'm right there with all of you when I'm like, oh, I can't do that. But I have to tell you, it pays off, and it does work in in your life in a way. It adds something to your life in a way that, you know, I can always keep up with guys, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's skiing, whether it's hiking. You're or, a really good skier, too, by the way. Thank you, Ben. That's nice. You're a good skier, too. Um, thank you, Chelsea. I, That's nice. Well, this is nice. It's like a therapy session for us. It is. A lot of the women that I train now, like you'll see our social media posts of them lifting heavy weights and stuff, but like it didn't start there. You know, I, I you know, like I, I kind of meet people where they're at as far as their workout and as far as like how gung ho they're trying to go and just try to, you know, make small changes. Do you tell people not to drink? Do you tell, do you tell any of your clients no. not to, you don't do I, that? I, well, I, I, yeah, I do tell people to not to drink. If you need to look your absolute best for something, by the way, if you choose to, you know, not listen to me, then that's fine. But I will tell people that have to aesthetically look a certain way that drinking is is not going to help with that. You know, um, but if for just a, a a lifestyle thing, you know, to me that's like a sad way to live. But teach. Are you own. drinking again? I know you didn't drink for a few months because you had some issue, right? No, I didn't. Well, yeah, the answer is yes because I got rid of this goddamn cough. But I was on. Yeah, oh right, yeah, right. It you... was. Um, I I googled. I just couldn't get. I couldn't shake this cough. And and it said that that was uh, that caffeine and alcohol were no bueno. So I I just did that, and then I'm not coughing. So what were you gonna say, Brandon? <laughs> well, I was going to pay Ben a compliment because Ooh. when we I know you plowed right over me, but this was a good one that I wanted to give. When we went to Park City, Ben went skiing with us, and I had never seen him. One, I've never seen a photo of you shirtless. And your body's kind of misleading because you wear, you don't wear super tight clothes. I would say everybody's body's misleading. Yes. You know, I mean, a lot of times it's misleading. Well, Ben's was for me. Mine is definitely misleading because mine looks a lot better than I believe it is. No, and see, I believe the opposite. Okay. Anyway, back to what you were saying. Okay. So when we were in Park City, Ben went up to Hot Tub and I saw him alone. alone. Okay. (laughs) Sounds, Sounds about right. But again, I'd never seen him without a shirt on and there's like no photo online that I've seen. 
his body, your abs, all those abs that you did in 2006 have endured because you are built like a mannequin. Like every ab is perfectly symmetrical. You look like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, wasn't it my Uncle Terry that saw you? Oh, yes, I remember this. He's since passed away, so... He's no longer with us. But my Uncle Terry, uh, who was over one day, remember we went to uh, Blue Plate Oysterette on Ocean Avenue? I remember it well. And we had some drinks and we had some That's Mexican. when the bromance started. And then we all went back to my house and you got in the pool and my uncle was sitting outside in my living room going, oh my God, look at that guy's body. Can you believe it? And oh, wow. I thought he was talking about Brandon. I'm like, Brandon's in the pool? And then apparently he was talking about you. All yeah, right. so he had a big... He had a big heart on for you. But do you remember he hadn't stopped thinking about it? No, and then then... a week later he brought it up. So I have a question for you guys then. That's interesting. I mean, I try to stay in good shape because I'm a trainer and just I, you know, I I still like thinking of myself like an athlete. So I like train harder than I probably need to and stuff. That said, I always think it's super douchey when people that are trainers like share lots of photos of themselves with their shirt off. Yeah, don't do that. It is super douchey. I think it's, yeah. But I've had people, actually, matter of fact, i put on the Instagram Q&A if people wanted us to talk about anything on the podcast. And somebody wrote in, like, why don't you ever take pictures with your shirt off? And it's like, because I'm not a Was that a gay guy who asked? No, it's it's like, I don't know who it is. It's definitely more of a gay thing that men do than straight men. Because as soon as a guy's with his shirt off. I I have trainers that, that for their, all their Instagram videos literally take their shirt off to like, lift their weights, and then they put their shirt back. No, you don't need to do that. It's insane. It's like when you go to Barry's boot camp and all the guys take their shirt off in unison, like as soon as they go on the treadmill, I'm like, you haven't even started sweating yet. What are you doing? Leave your shirt off. I think it's also inappropriate for men to be able to take their shirts off while they're exercising when we're not allowed to take our shirts off and run down the street. You're allowed to. No, we're not allowed to. The rule in my gym is I don't care if you wear a shirt, but you just can't wear gloves. That's for men or women. Yeah, okay, you like a catchphrase, which is also another question that I'd like to ask because you're wearing a shirt right now that says Remember when I asked for your opinion? Me neither. Like, do you look for these? Do people send them to you? Because you like a shirt with a logo or not a logo, a catchphrase. Yeah, I I do. I have a solid t-shirt collection because people know what I like. Is that what you think? That's all I care about is what I think. Well, that's Uh, a great answer. That's a good answer. uh, Yeah. Long story short. Uh Yeah, I get these are gifts. That was a short story. That well, was... that wasn't a story. That no, actually more was an answer. Yeah. Oh, but Long so, story so, short is only for storytelling, so not for answers clients, to questions. If you, because people have said to me that, like, do you know that you at, do this thing where you talk over somebody? Yeah, but because you were talking shit, I'm just trying to get shit. You shut the fuck up. But I would say, as a trainer, people tell me that you know you should your body is your business card is one thing that people say, and that clients are more likely to want to train with you if they see you're in good shape. But like if you saw a trainer that had all these shirtless pictures, would you be more apt to train with him or less apt? Personally, less. Yeah. But Brandon, answer for yourself because you're a gay man. Do you like that? No, I would say less as well. I would. I think that for me, it's saying like that they have that body, but I don't need to see it. Like that, if they that, have it, yeah. I know what they're doing. But like, I don't yeah. need to look at it. There's yeah. a personality type that goes along with posting naked photos of yourself. I know because I'm one yeah. of those people. Yeah. So that is something that, you know, if somebody's posing like that, you're going to have one of two reactions usually. I mean, I'm sure there's a group of people that have a third reaction, which is in the middle and they don't care either yeah, yeah. way. But yeah, it seems to be. No, I was asking more out of curiosity. What about your mom? Your, your mom's personal trainer, does that interfere at all with your relationship with her? Are you able to talk about personal stuff when you're training her? My mom is how old? I'm not gonna uh, 21 maybe, or I think 20. She's turning 21 soon. Mm. Uh, 
I give her workout tips sometimes, but you ever heard that saying, you're never an expert in your own home? Mm, um, sure. It's a saying, but- He has it on his shirt. That's how I feel about my house, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, that has different applications, but she doesn't always listen to me on workout tips. But you do train your grandmother too, who's like 90, right? She can well, work out. my grandmother can run circles around most people. She does exercise class six days a week, you know, stuff in the pool and everything. Um, and she's also 21 years old. Okay, well, this sounds like a good time to take a break. Effective care is built on connections. During COVID-19, Vitas Healthcare is using telehealth to strengthen the connections between hospice patients, families, and clinicians. Over a secure video call, Vitas experts can assess your patient, accept hospice referrals, conduct goals of care conversations, and provide clinical support whenever and wherever necessary. To simplify social distancing, we also deliver medical equipment, supplies, and medications right to the patient's home. Whether home is a traditional residence, nursing home, assisted living facility, or inpatient unit, your patient deserves comfort and dignity near the end of life. VITAS can help them achieve both with 24-7, 365 telehealth support. That's the VITAS Advantage. To learn more, go to vitas.com advantage. That's vitas.com advantage. There's always a long to-do list of projects you want to make happen. Maybe you want to make a more modern color happen, or make a more fun kitchen happen, or make a cozier bedroom happen. Maybe you want to make walls that can hold up to the dog's paws, your bike's tires, and the occasional temper tantrum happen. We know you want to make under budget happen. Whatever it is you want to make happen, Valspar is here to help. Because every drop of Valspar paint is formulated to look great, last long, and help you get the job done right. Valspar. You make it happen, we make it possible. Available at Lowe's. Is there a boundary or is there a thought process that you have when working with like a Kate Upton or Chelsea? Well, I'll say this. With any client I train, I I always tell trainers that are asking how to program. Because one thing, a lot of trainers that train a high-level clientele are more specialists or have a a niche. Is it niche or niche? Niche. Niche. I thought it was niche. Whatever. It can be either. Uh, So a lot of trainers will have a niche. So it could be training just, you know... uh, models or just act you know superhero actors or just baseball players or just basketball players and my clientele is probably the most like diverse of of any trainer you that train kind of, a lot of athletes you, know, you train I, like i, I train Justin a mix Timberlake, you know? yeah. kate upton but, you know i train my youngest clients like 18 my oldest clients in his 70s and and uh some are athletes some are non-athletes and you train oh. Jess Beal, right? Mm-hmm. Jessie Beal. Yeah. She's got the best. I mean, that's pretty much the best body, I think, in my in my opinion. Oh, I've of been, any, I've of been any to female. Beale. I think Jessica Beale's body is what I would and like again, to have. They have a, a saying: form follows function. But she does some of the most savage workouts. Yeah, of she's stronger, trained, and know? she's so, stronger than I am for so, sure. Uh, so, what I was going to say though with personal training is the the personal part refers to the client, not the trainer. So a lot of trainers in my opinion, go awry because they just try to train everyone the same. And for me, uh, I ask the client their goals and then just do that. I know that sounds super obvious, but when you talk about problem areas, I've I've actually never once said to a woman like, oh, like I know you said you want to work on like your glutes, but like your arms are pretty shitty. Like I think we might need to work on that. I've never said that. Like when I first meet a new client, we have three questions. 
uh, goals, injury history, and past training history. The last one I don't really care that much about, but it just gives me an idea of what they like and don't like. But the goals and injury history are really the only things I care about. And I, it comes from the horse's mouth, what they want to work on, and then we just do that within the constraints of their injury situation. And I also want to add that when there are trainers that do the same thing for every client, that's how you get injured. It's I've done that. I've been yeah. injured with every trainer that I've ever worked with except for Ben. And so uh, that one prescription for everybody does not work. When people but, have you dancing around like a maniac, and that, that doesn't work for everybody. No. And with, like, for example, you're, you're somebody that likes to do a lot of arms. I train some women. We haven't done arms in three years. None. We do all lower body and core. Uh, and what's happening with it, their arms? Because they don't want to work on their arms. They don't want muscle. Yeah, I want muscular no. arms. Uh, well, some women are uncomfortable with their level of muscularity in their arms and want to back. It, everybody's different, you know, and uh, guys are different in this regard. Some guys like being really thin and their worst nightmare is like being like all jacked up. Some guys like being bigger and, you know, women are the same way. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. There's a lot of women that like a little bit more muscle, some that don't. It just, you know, it depends. And as a personal trainer, it's not my place to pass judgment on anything. It's just like basically doing what they want to do. Well, yeah, but his question went. was, how, 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 do you, are you, how do you remain appropriate when yes. you're dealing with, especially with training well, women? I mean, I think that's just, that has nothing to do with being a trainer. I think that's just more not being a creep. You know, I've always just kept it above board. I don't know how to really explain it because we laugh, we joke, uh, but I think, you know, there's never a question that it's like, you know. How do you think being a trainer in LA has affected or impacted your dating life? Has uh, it helped you? No. I mean, it doesn't have any bearing, I guess. It, uh, I think it has a lot of bearing. I mean, you make a lot of connections just based on your social media because yeah. of your training. So yeah. I think there is a linkage. I mean, depends who you ask. Being a trainer is either like, my friends tell me, for example, that I underplay my job a lot. Because if you were to meet somebody, you talk about how many trainers there are in LA. It seems like there's more trainers than people in LA. And most of the time in LA, when I think trainer, I think somebody that wants to be an actor or whatever and is just training in their free time and probably makes like shit money and, you know, whatever. And my friends always tell me with girls that I need to like talk my job up a little more. Cause like, you know, if you just say you're a trainer, like this girl might think like you just have a shitty job. But to me, that like, like doing that or name dropping everybody you train or things is akin to taking your shirt off every day on social media. It's a real douchebag move. So it's it's interesting you say the trainer thing because sometimes I wonder if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, then what's your stance on dating a client? I've never done it. Would you do it? Yeah, but I never have. But I mean, I, I would never just like hook up with a client. But if there's somebody that I really liked and whatever, then I, I mean, I guess I'd have to like figure it out if that happened, but I would probably either stop training or like whatever. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, one of my friends that's a trainer, uh, met his, met his wife training. I mean, you, uh -oh. you know, it's, are they going strong? Yeah. It's been like 20 years. My point, I mean, you always meet people that you just like spend time with, so it could happen. It's just never, it's actually never happened, but I'm not like, yeah, it could happen. But you do have a lot of like fitness models hit you up on Instagram or like, I feel like, I feel like we've talked about this a few times. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. You def why? Why? Uh, it's but, not but like yes. anybody who's hooking up with you doesn't know you're hooking up with other people. 
Yeah, I mean, unless you're in some serious relationship, which you're not. I mean, everybody yeah. needs probably to got under- a hidden wife and kids. Somewhere. But everyone needs to understand as adults that if you're just hooking up with somebody, that's simply all that it is until you get to the next level, and there should be no hurt feelings about that. As long as everybody's like, you know, not committing to anything. I mean, we're all single. Everybody's trying to get, just get a nut. Amen. Amen, sister. Love it, bro. Just be, go- just be glad you're not in the single well, dating world, Brandon. Well, I have one more question for Ben <laughs> that's personal. So you're talking about wants and needs. And recently I realized at 29, I need to start stretching before or after I work out, which I never did. I oh, said, yeah. Let's do the stretching. I just said that. What's the deal? Because I get conflicting reports all the time. About what? About stretching before oh, or after. Yeah, there, so the, a lot of trainers now, you know, everything goes in waves. It's like uh, same with food. You know, at one point something's good, at one point something's bad. Stretching has fallen out of favor pre-workout because people say it decreases your strength and force production. So a lot of people don't think that you should stretch pre-workout. Uh, I do believe in stretching pre-workout for the most part for people that are tight because one, the people I'm training, if you told me, you know, we stretch at the beginning of every workout, but if you told me my new goal is to set the world record in squats, we wouldn't probably stretch pre-workout. We would, you know, stretch after and we would just, everything would be, you know, singularly focused around that goal. And so if you, you know, I wouldn't want to maybe take the chance of your force production going down or whatever, but for most people's goals that are tight, I think the more you stretch, the better. Uh, and stretching definitely does increase your mobility in the short term. So it allows you to get into the positions that you need to be in for the workout more effectively. Like for example, those rear foot elevated split squats, if you didn't stretch your hip flexors first, it might be tough for you to get into that position with an upright torso. Like this is probably more nerdy than people want to get, but Okay, I'm gonna stop you right there, Ben Bruno. Uh we're gonna have to wrap this up because I have to go tanning. Uh, I would like to thank Brandon for being here today. Uh, I would like to thank Ben Bruno for being here today. I will be on the road this weekend doing stand-up. St. Louis is sold out, but there are tickets to Minneapolis. You can get tickets to My Life Will Be the Death of Me stand-up comedy tour in Minneapolis, New Orleans, Nashville coming up at LiveNation.com. Oh, in Australia, I'm announcing, and New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, how are you liking doing stand-up again? Oh, Brandon. It's just coming back to my roots. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just had to back my way right back into it. Well, I'll be seeing you in Nashville and New Orleans. Oh, is that right? It's oh, great. It'll be a whole family little affair. Little did you know. Is Ma Bell coming as well? She is. And Willie. <laughs> On that note, I want to announce that uh, all of the proceeds from my I Decide bracelets and the I Decide t-shirts that I've been selling on tour, and they're also available on my website, ChelseaHandler.com. All the proceeds go to True Colors United, which helps LGBTQIA youth, uh, people who are homeless, uh, who've been kicked out of their homes and have nowhere to stay. It helps them get jobs. It helps them with food and clothing and shelter. And, oh, what else? There's another charitable organization where we donated the proceeds of my Atlanta show to... To the Feminist Center in Atlanta. It's thefeministcenter.org. If anyone out there would like to make their own donation, um, they're helping make sure that women... Have access to their reproductive rights. Yes, and have access to safe health care in the state of Georgia. So there are lots of organizations that are trying to do great things while there is a terrible administration trying to rip us apart. So don't lose faith. Okay. We'll be back next week with uh, another podcast for you. So suck on that. Life Will Be the Death of Me is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Looking for a new career but don't want to spend four years in college? Then check out ECPI University. Through our year-round accelerated programs, you can earn a bachelor's degree in just 2.5 years, an associate's in 1.5, or earn your master's in as little as 15 months. Whether it's technology, healthcare, business, criminal justice, or the culinary arts, our hands-on programs can help you reach your professional goals. So what are you waiting for? Visit ecpi.edu to learn more. Hey, this is Dean Unglert. And I'm Jared Haven. Together, we host a podcast called Help, I Suck at Dating. Do you suck at dating? No, seriously. Do you suck at dating? Do you feel like you're always trying and trying to get it right and it just doesn't happen? Join us each week for Help, I Suck at Dating. We'll laugh, we'll cry, but we'll get it figured out. Listen to Help, I Suck at Dating on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and join the Suck Army.